feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And President Biden takes another dive in the polls. He also takes a dive on his bike over the weekend in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And it's sort of emblematic of his presidency. And it's like he is all over the place. He is spending so much time on this sort of woke agenda, critical race theory, all these different things as crime skyrockets across America as we're seeing the economy tanking, as we are seeing people worried now that inflation is clearly there and rising and fears about the recession big time and, of course, the interest rate rising. And, you know, we're heading soon into a July 4th weekend and people are so worried, can they really do a barbecue and do a whole bunch of stuff like that? Well, they feel safe because later on in the show we're going to talk about some major shootings that took place in liberal-led cities across America. And in fact, there was an interview today, and it was on CNN with the mayor of D.C. after there was a brutal shooting over the weekend. And what are they talking about? They're not talking about the shooting. They were talking about, you know, woke agenda in schools, being politically correct. We, boy, do we have our priorities so out of whack. And in just a moment... We're going to be joined here on the Rita Cosby Show with the great former Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos. And she has an amazing new book out. It is called Hostages No More, The Fight for Education Freedom and the Future of the American Child, taking on this woke agenda at a time right now where our priorities should be absolutely somewhere else. And she says it is time to really focus on our kids and not trying to be so PC. Meantime, perfect example, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, he is defending the drag queen story hour. When I saw this, I actually thought it was a mistype when this first came out. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Who would ever want to have drag queens talk to young children in schools, also in libraries? And, of course, he came under ferocious attack. And the mayor defended the program. Take a listen. We're going to continue to promote the understanding of the different cultures, the different lives in our city. And that's where I am. That's where he is. And that's sadly where New York City school children are. I mean, this is crazy. And then this is how he describes the importance of, again, drag queen story hour. Take a listen. We don't want you just to be academically smart. We want you to be emotionally intelligent and appreciate the diversity. If we want to decrease hate crimes in our city, anti-Semitism, AAPI, uh, attacks on the LGBTQ plus community, this is how we do it. Education. Education and you have drag queen story hours. This is Vicki Palladino, of course, one of the GOP leaders in New York, and she says, This is preposterous. I agree. Yes, it's called Drag Queen Story Hour. Uh And it's coming to elementary schools throughout the city of New York. And what it is, as we all know, it's a sexualized performance. And it doesn't belong in our classroom. Can you imagine 
when we were all going to school, would you ever imagine that they would send drag queens and say that that's part of education? Also, these classes about gender identity to young, young kids. I mean, it's crazy. And then if you criticize them, as Governor Ron DeSantis has done in Florida, oh, boy, the backlash is immense. And this is preposterous. I want to hear your thoughts tonight because, boy, are the priorities out of whack. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you think of the fact? Drag Queen Story Hour for young kids in New York and elsewhere across the country to teach them about inclusion and sexual gender identity at a very young age. To me, this is so crazy. This is the focus, and you're really not doing anything on the economy and crime and so much else. Boy, are things just gone haywire. And my next guest knows it all too well. She served as the 11th U.S. Secretary of Education under then President Trump from 2017 to 2021. She has a powerful new book out because she's really been on the front lines fighting for education, for great freedom for kids in schools for decades and been a huge advocate for children even before coming becoming a great education secretary. And joining us now is the author of a brand new book and former education secretary, Betsy DeVos. The book is called Hostages No More. And Secretary DeVos, so great to have you here on the show again. Rita, it's great to be with you. You know, thank you. By the way, this book is so powerful. And when I saw it, I was like, Betsy is so right on. The timing could not be more important. Uh, Why did you feel it was so critical to write this book right now? And to me, it just really pinpoints where this administration's priorities are and why they are really missing the mark. And they're spending so much time on this stuff that really is troubling to kids. Yeah, absolutely, Rita. Um, The last two years, families across America have been exposed and the feelings of this system have been laid bare for them to see, starting with the shutdowns for months on end, the mask mandates, the distance learning that didn't, that there was no learning going on, the critical race theory and other curriculum introduced into classrooms uh, and and seen up close by uh, parents at home on kitchen tables and uh, and, and then uh, seeing the experiences many kids were having that were anything but education and were anything but robust and and uh, challenging and so this is really um, it's a moment in time where the uh, momentum and the uh, you know the the sympathies are around what we need to be doing for kids and focusing on kids and their futures and helping them learn not introducing all of this other adult stuff that has no business in a child's classroom and so parents are parents are ready for a change they want to be in charge of their kids education and they must be do you believe also come november uh that there will be sort of a red tsunami because parents are fed up and look we saw it as you know with uh, now Governor uh, Glenn Youngkin, of course, you know, in Virginia, and you see how much of a push that was. And he did very well because the the parents there in Loudoun County were just so fed up, and he really wrote on that issue, and it resonated. 
Well, and this was a defining issue in a race where he was the underdog and his opponent, who had been governor before, Terry McAuliffe, um, everybody thought he made a gaffe when he said parents should not be involved in their kids' educations. And instead of reeling it back and correcting himself, he doubled down and, in fact, had Randy Weingarten as his closing act for the campaign. You could not have a more clearly delineated choice. Uh, School unions and all of their allies defending the status quo and introducing all kinds of things that parents are appalled by into the classroom while kids are not learning to read and do math and do the basic things they need to do to to have success as adults. Why do you think the left is pushing this so far? Because, you know, it's interesting because even Hillary Clinton came out. And I don't know if you saw this, uh, Madam Secretary, but she came out not too long ago, a few days ago, and basically said the left has to be careful, basically not to go too woke and to push some policies. Just stay focused on, you know, on bread and butter issues. Uh, She said, because whatever it's going to take to win the election, in other words, not that she disagrees with the wokeness, but just like, let's put it on the back burner uh, so we can win the election. But at least she was insightful to realize that this is not mainstream. Why do you think so many liberals find this a priority right now? Well, I think so many of them live in their own bubbles, and they don't really know and understand what uh, the average common sense America American is seeing and experiencing and what, you know, what they want for their children. I mean, parents want their kids to learn. They want their kids to have challenging and engaging learning opportunities. And we have seen that this one-size-fits-all 175-year-old system that has indeed held them hostage is simply not working for too many kids. And the, the, the differences couldn't be, have been clearer during the COVID lockdowns when charter schools were operating, private schools were operating, and, uh, and families were forced to find solutions themselves with homeschool cooperatives or other creative solutions. But there were so many families that didn't have that opportunity because they simply don't have the resources to do it or because they were going to work every day putting, you know, food on the table and they had to, you know, they had to make do while they saw their kids suffer every single day. And former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, who's with us now talking about her great new book and so timely called Hostages No More, The Fight for Education Freedom and the Future of the American Child. You know, you have been involved for decades um, in the American education system, a huge supporter, obviously chair of the American Federation for Children and so many different groups. Uh, Where do you see this headed? Do you see it getting worse before it gets better um, in terms of teaching kids this wokeness? It seems like they're just doubling down when they get criticized. They triple down. Well, it does seem like they're doubling down and that they're completely tone deaf to parents. And in fact, when parents go to speak up at school board meetings to ask questions and express concerns about what their kid, what they're seeing their kids experience, they're getting called domestic terrorists and having the FBI sent to investigate them. I mean, this administration and their policies have been so opposed to kids and families and their future and have been totally aligned with the school unions and all of their allies 
But we knew this going in. I mean, Joe Biden said it right up front. He supports the teachers unions, the school unions. I prefer to call them school unions because I don't believe they really represent teachers. And there are so many great teachers. But they have they have continued to make clear where they stand. And it is not with kids and it's not with families. Are things turning in some aspects? The fact that, like I mentioned, that Hillary Clinton made the comment and then even sort of in the same realm, we just saw recently uh, the organization uh, that oversees its FINA uh, for transgender swimmers because a lot of people were concerned transgender swimmers competing against young girls in schools that they have a disadvantage. They ruled that you have to have uh, changed, um, you know, prior to uh, age 12. I mean, there were all these new rules, but it basically said, wait a minute, it is an unfair advantage. We can't be so PC that we can't be receptive to young girls. Do you think that finally with that and with Loudoun County schools and all that, that finally people are feeling emboldened? Well, I think I think uh, families are certainly finding their voice. Common sense Americans are finding their voices. And that move by FEMA this, today um, only underscores that these are common sense issues and issues of fairness. Um, you cannot say you are a supportive of Title IX, which guarantees equal access to education and, by extension, women's sports, and then say at the same, on the other hand, that you favor and are okay with biological males competing on women's teams. They're simply, they're, they're simply incompatible. And with the 50th anniversary of Title IX coming up this week, um, I expect the Biden administration to release a rule that will try to roll back all of the advances that we made during the Trump administration to put a fair and balanced framework and system around how these issues are handled on campuses. So, the, the, you know, these issues are not done. We are just continuing to see a barrage of bad policy and, uh, and, and, and totally playing to the left of the party to satisfy all of their demands at the expense of common sense Americans across the country. Yeah, absolutely. And parents are just, you know, fit to be tied. What's your advice for parents listening out there who just their jaw drops when they hear this often? Well, don't stop speaking up and make sure that the people you vote for this fall from the federal level down to the most local level are ones who are going to are committed to empowering you as as parents to make decisions about your children's education. If your assigned school is not working for you, you should be able to take the dollars that are already designated for your child and attach them like they, like they attach the backpack to their backs to go to school every day. Attach those dollars to your child to take to the school or the education setting that is going to work for them. Absolutely. Parents have a choice and they have a voice. And I'm glad that they're starting to use both because it is so very important for children's future. Um, Former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, the book is great. Hostages No More, The Fight for Education Freedom and the Future of the American Child. And it's so great to get your perspectives and always talk with you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Rita. Thank you. Wish you so much luck on the book, Betsy. Thank you very, very much. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
And we are talking about wokeness going into schools. I cannot believe New York City Mayor Eric Adams defending drag queen story hour. And you just heard from the great former Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, saying it's these groups beholden to school unions, corporate bosses, political issues. But what about the parents and the kids? They're taking a back seat. And Republican New York leader Vicki Palladino also said she can't believe the focus is on this versus so many other issues like crime and also the economy. There's a lot of other things that this president should be focused on. Take a listen. They seem to have chosen Drag Queen Story Hour as the the highlight of their week this week uh, rather than focus what on serious issues like introducing legislation that actually will work to get the city back on its feet. And uh, because I put out a simple statement about Drag Queen Story Hour and how I don't agree with it uh, coming to our public schools and especially being funded by our tax dollars. Yeah, you want your tax dollars? Can you imagine? I can't imagine if I was a young child. And suddenly a bunch of drag queens come into the show. I would be like, well, what is this? Is it Halloween? What is this? You know, I mean, it, it's so unbelievable and so inappropriate. And I can't believe that they are continuing with this. And then at other schools, they're pushing for gender identity studies, sexual identity studies. I mean, think about the good old days. Boy, when I went to school, we didn't deal with any of that stuff. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Jason, line seven. Jason, what do you think about this? The fact that in New York, for example, New York City leaders are sort of holding their ground. It's shocking. Well, Rita, the the craziest thing is like is regular story hour off the table? Yeah, you're right. They may not have time for that. You know, guess what? Like Rapunzel maybe gets uh, a back seat. Remember Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair? Of course. I mean, I I grew up in a very affluent suburb in Bedford, New York, and I grew up as a gay kid in a very straight community. And when I came to New York, I went to the Pyramid Club on Avenue A, and I saw drag queens, and it was like these highly idealized women, and they were doing their thing, and some were clowny, some were beautiful women, some were scary, like – you know, is there a demographic that's been done that, like, we'll, we'll see what the kids react with with that? I mean... Well, now, let me ask I, you, Jason. My, my first instinct is, is it's scary, that, you know? <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you. As someone who has been there um, and seen, you know, a women, you know, in drag or guys in drag, I should say, um, and you say you're a gay man, um, how do you think that that influences a young child? I mean, I think it is scary, and I think it's confusing to them, and I think... There's enough issues with being a kid. You're going, what? You're looking at it and saying, what, what is this? You know? I agree. I, is there anything that you could see that's meritorious about it that is a good thing? Or is it just all over the top and they're just trying to be woke? I think it's all over the top trying to be woke and, you know, maybe a clowny drag queen coming in that could relate to kids. But, I mean, I hate clowns, too. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, they scare me, too, sometimes. I agree with <laughs> I you. Right? For that. <laughs> yeah, Jason, thank you. Great call. It was great to hear from you and get your perspective. Let's go to Timothy. Line six. Timothy, your thoughts about all this. Good evening, uh, Rita. Uh, pleasure to talk to you. 
what I wanted to say on this issue, this is a spiritual uh, uh, issue. Most people don't understand that it's biblical. This is uh, concerns everything that was going on in the pre-flood world. And this is what they're trying to bring us back. Hey, Timothy, we're losing you. Come back closer to the phone. Get closer to the okay. phone. Yep, go ahead. How's that sound? Yep, much better. Real quick. Go ahead, Timothy. They're trying to bring society back to a pre-flood world. Alistair Crowley, do as thy wilt. In Ephesians 6.12, it states, this is, we, don't, we fight not against uh, flesh and blood, but about spiritual wickedness. This is what this is. This is what it's always been about. People need to wake up and start reading their Bible. Well, I, I agree with faith and family and all of those values very much because I think that there's some great messages in there. And I think, listen, I think... You know, they're drag queens that are great entertainers and they're having a good time. But keep that to a separate area. Keep it to adults. Don't bring it into kids. To me, it is so inappropriate. And it to me, it, it, there's something wrong with them that they're pushing this. We're going to continue this after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents... And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story from Las Vegas, Nevada. Gene Dahlberg thanked Las Vegas police officers Brandon Alvarado and Nevada State Police Trooper Charles Abernathy, who received the life-saving award during a ceremony at the American Red Cross in Vegas last week. Abernathy and Alvarado were off duty when Dahlberg went into cardiac arrest. Abernathy did chest compressions. Al Alvarado monitored her breathing until an ambulance arrived and took her to a nearby hospital. Now, Metropolitan Police Department officer Brandon Alvarado was off duty and coaching his daughter's soccer team in Henderson, Nevada, just uh, part of a little bit outside of Las Vegas. At the end of the game, as the teams greeted each other, Alvarado heard screaming. He turned to see Jean Dahlberg, 64 years old, slumped over in her chair. Dahlberg was watching her twin granddaughters who were being coached by Alvarado, and she had gone into cardiac arrest, and Alvarado ran over to try and file the pulse. Alvarado yelled for his brother-in-law and off-duty Nevada Highway Patrol trooper Charles Abernathy to help. The two could not find a pulse, and they laid Dahlberg down on the ground. Abernathy performed chest compressions, and then Alvarado monitored her. And then, now almost two months after that episode, Dahlberg stood in front of friends, family, and first responders at a Red Cross Southern Nevada ceremony honoring the two men. She called them her heroes. By the way, she spent 17 days in intensive care because Abernathy's chest compressions broke six of her ribs. But she said she has just started walking without her walker and continues going to physical therapy and is thankful that they saved her life. She said, quote, I am truly blessed to be standing here in front of both of you today. There are no words to express my love and gratitude for Charles and Brandon, two great officers. And I would say they're beyond officers. They are truly angels who saved her in just the nick of time. What an amazing, amazing story and a great reminder of the incredible work our men and women in blue do every single day. Well, it seems like the Democrats, they're so busy on, oh, okay, defund the police, 
you know, make sure things are PC, make sure we do that as opposed to, quote, fighting crime and focus on the economy and so many major issues that are confronting our country. And yet they seem to be obsessed with making sure that in classrooms to young kids, a lot of things that I think are inappropriate for young kids to be taught. I mean, I think about when I was a young kid, I didn't really, I didn't, we didn't have any of these like gender identity classes. We didn't have any of these like sexual determination classes. We didn't have drag queens certainly come to our school. I would remember any of those things and we didn't. We just didn't. It wasn't around at that time. It wasn't, quote, PC at this time. But now it is clearly right there on the forefront. And in fact, Eric Adams in the last few days defended. There was a report that, okay, this drag queen story hour is going to take place in a lot of schools, courtesy of the U.S. taxpayers and also in libraries. And Eric Adams continues to defend it, saying it increases diversity and increases inclusion. Uh, I mean, this is such a waste of money, and it is so over the top. And it's so obvious that even drag queens are saying this isn't appropriate. Take a listen to this drag queen responding to news that they're going to be going and wiggling and jiggling in front of young kids. What in the hell has a drag queen ever done? to make you have so much respect for them and admire them so much other than put on makeup and, and jump on the floor and writhe around and do sexual things on stage. I have absolutely no idea why you would want that to influence your child. Would you want a stripper or a porn star to influence your child? It it makes no sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. And bravo to that drag queen. For being honest, because I absolutely agree. But it's refreshing to hear from somebody who's in the industry who agrees, too. I mean, why does Eric Adams and why do some of these other liberal mayors and leaders across the country not get it? Here's a little bit more from that same drag queen who clearly, I think, has it right on. A drag queen performs in a nightclub for adults. There is a lot of filth that goes on, a lot of sexual stuff that goes on. And backstage, there's a lot of nudity, sex, and drugs. Okay? So I don't think that this is an avenue you would want your child to explore. I agree. What, are you going to give them backstage passes? Uh, I mean, this is getting crazy. You have a drag queen saying, are you kidding me? The rules are off limits here, you know, and you're going to bring that into school kids that doesn't confuse them, contaminate them. Uh, I mean, where do we draw the line, guys? 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Eric on line seven. Eric, your thoughts about drag queen story hour that even the drag queens say is not appropriate for young kids. Go ahead. I think th- I think this is an interview maybe that I heard about. Maybe not because uh, they said the same thing basically. Like, would you bring your kids to a, a you know a heterosexual strip club or have a a, a female stripper come in and, and read to them? I mean, what, 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 so they said basically, yeah, yeah. So why would you want this to? Why would you want them to be exposed to this? And I have a personal friend who's who's trans, and they don't want anything to do with this or cheating in sports. You know, and I was telling your screener, this comes from uh, the Tavistock Institute. This is this comes from George Soros. Okay, it's behind the scenes. See, he owns he owns politicians like he owns these DAs. 
It's a, it's about it's under the umbrella of it's about an attack on normalcy. Just like letting a criminal go that just done God knows what to go to keep doing it, keep destroying, keep killing, keep murdering. It's a, it's a destruction of normalcy. The Tavistock Institute, I think it's I think it's gotten worse too. I think basically they I had I'd love to see that story again. Now they, let, let me uh, ask you, Eric. Let me theory. Eric, my theory to Yeah, hang on one second, Eric. Do you believe that this is sort of um that this is what you say it's Soros who's funded a lot of these soft on crime DAs. Do you think I mean it's what would be the objective for him to do that? That's what I'm trying to figure out. What would be the objective of anyone pushing this? Remember, Marxism, well, where's Jim? Where's Jim? <laughs> they, they, I've heard it so many, said so many times, it's Marxist, it's Tommy, let me get at your kids and I'll have a revolution. It's all about getting at the kids. And this is about sexualizing them. This is about getting them away from their parents, uh, their parents' influence, keeping the parents away from the kids. The state will be their kid. The state will be the parent, basically. Um, <laughs> could put this better, but, you know, and that's, that's it. It's about attack on normalcy. And um, these politicians, God knows what Soros has on them. That they would be pushing this, because um, I don't think Eric Adams. Maybe he doesn't care about being reelected. Maybe he just, he cares about staying out of jail. Well, they so seem they seem this. to be they seem to be so focused on you know on LGBTQ rights and and uh, you know they seem to be focused on wokeness on you know the uh, left leaning uh, almost at everybody else's expense. And to the point when you look at all the serious issues that are going on in America, you're like, are you kidding me? Like that that is where your focus is right now. We have, you know, horrible inflation. We have horrible interest rates. We have so many issues. And this seems to be where they're spending 80, 90 percent of their time. Are you you know, they shouldn't even be spending eight seconds of their time. Uh, I mean, it's it's really so over the top. You hit it in so many ways, Eric. Thank you. That was a great call. Let's go to Anne. Line six, Anne, your thoughts about this. Yeah, um, I personally would have religious objections to um, having my kid attend something like that. Um, I don't know why that isn't considered by these people because, you know, a lot of people would have uh, religious objections, uh, starting with the corruption of, of a child. Um, I personally don't know why more energy is not put into having a um, like a medical doctor or an astronaut, um, you know, get up in front of children and talk about, you know, their careers um, to inspire kids academically. Uh, I don't know why, you know, uh, these story hours aren't geared more towards that, something like that. I agree. I agree. Like the basic and role models and heroes and people like that, 1,000%. And yet it's into this sort of niche category that even drag queens themselves say is inappropriate for kids. But yet New York knows better or cities know better. It's crazy. Let's go to Norman, line four. Norm, your thoughts. Hi, that's my thought. Um, uh, basically, uh, yeah, elementary school children should not be inundated with sexual political messaging. It's not appropriate. I had human sexuality in Brooklyn College when I, in the 1980s. I was 18 years old. We had transgender speaker, at least one. That's fine. I mean, I think it's fine. But, you know, they, they sh- we should allow kids to be kids. We should allow them to be innocent. Uh, they should be learning reading, writing, arithmetic. And, you know, I just I see the rest of the world. If you look at China, Europe and Asia, they're not doing nonsense like this. And they're and they're surpassing us academically. 
By the way, can you uh, imagine in like some of those countries that you just brought up, they would never even cons- consider it. I mean, uh, no, that, no, l- let me no, ask you. It's all you. about achievement. Hey, no, right, right. You're right. They're, it's all about like, you know, intellectual. How can we advance them in math and reading right. and writing? Norm, you said you had a um, transgender uh, speaker one time. How old were you and what, what was the reaction I to the kids? 18 years old. Okay. We were, we were, you know, my class was kind of cool. It was a, uh, you know, we were human sexuality. We were health and nutrition science majors. It was completely fine. We were nice to the person. They were nice to us. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I think that we had two. We had a male to female, female to male. I had, and, yeah, uh, I, Norm, you know what? I feel like I had a really boring education because I don't remember. I don't remember any of this in mind. I had. I didn't get into the. That wasn't my niche. I was a broadcast major and Spanish major, yeah. but but still, right. they didn't. They didn't speak Spanish, and they they didn't uh, come out with the mariachi. Right. Uh, you know, a mariachi uh, right. drag race, and drag queens. You know, Brooklyn College. <laughs> yeah, it was also Brooklyn College, which was uh, kind of a you know. Brooklyn College was kind of a bohemian sort of an atmosphere. Now it's got to be, oh, God, it's got to be so left I couldn't even imagine right now. But, uh, and you know, what? Uh, you, yeah, hit, you by the way, Norm, was... Norm, you hit it on the head. I went to University of South Carolina. So guess what? Oh, yeah. They weren't going to be doing that there. <laughs> I <No>. promise you that. <laughs> and that Baptist community, they're not touching that one. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I, you know, I, it's whatever. It's just, it's just kind of crazy. It's just, a, it's, it's to destroy. I mean, the, the, this is, it's, it. Look, I, the picture I saw of the uh, of the uh, drag queen in the class was you had a, a class of little children. They're all wearing masks. Okay. And then you had the tran you had the the you know, the tranny, whatever, you know, speaking. Of course they're not masked. And it just it just I said, This is crazy, you know. I mean these children aren't allowed to express themselves without wearing a mask when, you know, it's you know, COVID is basically at this point uh, uh the sniffles. And you have and they're they're not the most vulnerable for COVID. And then you have, you know, and you have this this drag queen there and uh I don't know. I mean, Norm, it's... Norm, I have a reason why. You know why they have the mask on in that case? They have the mask on because their mouth is open going, I can't believe they're having these people come into my class. And that way it covers right. them in shock. <laughs> their mouth in shock yeah. going, I can't believe this. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, it's just, I think Eric had hit it on the head. I think, I think there is, uh, I think there is, um, some very serious forces. I try not to be conspiracy theorist, but uh, I believe there are some serious forces that are right now hitting the U.S. quite heavily. Yeah, it is. And, it uh, is. It is stunning. I, I I agree with you, Norm, that the the moral values and these focuses, and that that's where, first of all, they're spending tax dollars and time and effort. And how does that really, you know, make a young child uh, better? Um, at different points, it's it's you know maybe maybe at your age when you brought up that you were eighteen, but these are for younger kids. I mean, think about how confusing and how just uh, I, I it just seems completely inappropriate to me on so many levels, especially for young kids. Norm, thank you so much. Let's go to Jim on line seven. Jim, your thoughts about all of this from Afton, New York. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, Rita. Enjoy the show. I uh, conclude with your previous uh, callers. It's just I think just everything that made America great is under attack from every level. Every great American tradition from the, you know, 
from the forming of this country, everything, all this underlying hate, you know, and, and with, you know, if I, I, we're roughly the same age. I mean, we had sex ed when you were going into puberty, 13, 14 years old, health class. That was it. If they brought a tranny into my school when I was a kid, my father would have the principal by the throat the next day. I was about know? to say, my parents, <laughs> would, my father would have, like, broken the principal in half. He would have been like, are yeah. you kidding me to put this in my daughter's class? I mean, he would have had the whole neighborhood engaged in that. In, uh, in that. You know, I mean, it, it is it's, It is really, it's just shocking. I mean, and even, you know, Jim, and I've even said this, you know, I feel like whatever sex ed I had in school, it was so limiting. It was like, I, I think the only discussion I ever had was, I think, with my mother one time who said, you know, uh, don't do this, and if you do, do this. And I was like, thank you, Mom, and that was the end of our discussion, you know? And I think I turned out okay. You know, I didn't have trannies. I didn't have the details. And I think I did okay. You know, and, but, oh, boy, you got to pray for these kids these days. Uh, let's go to Wilfred on line six. Go ahead, Wilfred. Hello. Yeah. You got to realize that what's happening is they're trying to destroy America culture. That's why they want to bring all them illegals in. That's why they... The PC was to make you not say things against them when they do this stuff. That's how they brought in the hate crimes bill, which is unconstitutional, because it's just a back way from stopping you from having a different opinion. Well, well, and but some of the hate crimes things I think actually are important, Wilfred, you know, when they attach it, because obviously some of these crimes of late that we have seen against Asian-Americans, even the shooting, I'm glad that there was a hate crime attachment added to the Buffalo shooter because that's what allowed them to go after him also on federal charges and throw the book at him where he hopefully will spend the rest of his life behind bars. So I think there's some value certainly to that. Um, but I think some of this woke education is just over the top. And and you brought up the border and you brought up sort of this this open destruction. It's like, you're right, there is this degradation of like sort of anything goes, any rule goes, um, which I think is separate than the hate crimes, but a really important point. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. What do you think of Drag Queen Story Hour? And do you agree with me and a lot of you calling in that it's just inappropriate, especially for young kids? I think it's I think it's demented and I think it's crazy and even drag queens are saying the same thing. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. This is a perfect song, given the topic, a little Bob Seger. And her strut, we're talking about the drag queen strut because they'll be strutting in some classrooms in New York City and elsewhere. And boy, isn't this crazy. I like this song. Let's put it up a little. It's kind of fun. Great. That's just what kids need. Here we go. And the next part, they definitely will see, too. And in New York City schools, they'll be watching Drag Queens Strut. Thank you, Mayor Eric Adams. 
Things are so over the top and so crazy in so many of these liberal-led cities and what they're trying to influence our kids with, which I just think is completely inappropriate, that the left is just getting so caught up in this wokeness that even liberals like Van Jones on CNN says some of the lingo that he's been hearing of late is just unrealistic. Take a listen. It's so bad, he's coming after it. Becoming a party of the very high and the very low. Uh, if, if you pull out the working class, you've got people who are very well educated and very well off. Those people talk funny. Latinx, I've never met a Latinx. I've never met a BIPOC. I've never met you know all this, this weird stuff that these highly educated people say is bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barber shop, the nail salon, uh, the the the, uh, the grocery mm-hmm. store, uh, the community center. But that's how we talk now. So that's weird. And then the people who are very low down on the economic ladder need a bunch of stuff. You wind up over-promising, but we're going to give you reparations to, to people at the bottom of the economic ladder, talking weird to appeal to people at the top of the economic ladder, and the working class walks away from you. That is the danger we're facing. Yeah, that's a lot of danger. And then having drag queens and gender identity classes and all these things, young kids, we're talking young kids. This is nuts. one 800 Let's go to J.C. in PA, line 7. Go ahead, J.C. Okay, Rita. Let's think of this in simplistic terms, okay? Kids go to school for education. Besides going to school for education, they go for uh, guidance and clarity. Uh, how is this clarifying anything for them? Uh, this got to be so confusing for kids. No wonder... No wonder kids are getting all screwed up, and they're going to get more screwed up. This is ridiculous. This is almost like, Rita, this is almost an extracurricular event that normally you would need a parent's permission to go to do something, to see something like this. So where is the parent's permission? And where do they have the right to take the taxpayer's money and do this without the taxpayer's permission? I agree. And, and, and J.C., probably also without parents' permission, because I bet you if you polled a lot of parents in New York and elsewhere, they'd go, heck no. It would be a quick you bring up some superb points that they have unilaterally decided to do this. And despite all the controversy, they are still going forward. That's a great point. Uh, let's go to James. Line four. Go ahead, James. Your thoughts. Uh, James from Valley Stream. Hi, James. Uh, That's you, my friend. Go ahead. Every, everybody, you know, everybody's talking how bad it is, but nobody's talking how to cure it. It's simple. Cure you what? Cure what? Of, cure the cure Eric Adams, or what are you talking about curing? To cure, to cure, uh, you know that uh, what you're talking about the uh, the gay people, the drag queens. Yeah, the only way to cure that is you. The parents have to get vouchers. You have to kick out the Democratic scum, put in conservatives, and they'll give the parents the choice. Well, by the way, all right, two two things, James. First off, you know, I have no problem with people doing whatever they want to do. What I have a problem is them thrusting it on young kids. But I think your point's a good one, that they should have a choice. And also, not only that... What about parents being able to say, I don't want my kid partaking in this. I don't want my tax dollars. I don't want my young child being exposed to this. It's outrageous. Outrageous. We're going to continue your calls when we come back. Also, we're going to talk about the Uvalde school shooting, some stunning details that maybe the classroom door was 
open. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I am mortified, and I am angry, and I cannot imagine if you were a parent in Uvalde, Texas, and lost your loved one, or you were related to one of the teachers that was killed, and now we're finding out these details, and we're going to talk about this later on in the show, but my jaw dropped when I saw this report, according to a publication that saw the videotape. Uh, which they don't want to release publicly because apparently it looks really bad for law enforcement down there. We know, of course, you know, the 19 kids were killed and also the teachers were killed and details that it took forever to get to the gunman. And now there is a report, it is stunning, that basically the door to the classroom that the gunman was in when he was opening fire mercilessly on those students. And remember, it took over an hour again for police to basically get inside. And we heard these reports that the commander on the scene, who didn't know he was the commander on the scene, uh, was trying fumbling with the keys and trying to open the door, and the door was locked, and he kept trying and trying and trying. Well, now it turns out, according to reports, that they were trying to get into another classroom, but the door where the guy was in, the gunman was in, and they were right near that door, probably was open. According to video, can you imagine that that door may have been open the entire time and all they needed to do was open up and let loose on that man? This to me is unbelievable. If indeed this is correct, uh, I hope that there are a lot of law enforcement. I love law enforcement. You guys know this, but many heads should roll and there should be a lot of firings. If this is indeed true, there's already, I think, a lot of people that should be fired over the poor handling of this and the fact that now there are so many mistakes made, you know. And why do we keep hearing different stories? Why are they not releasing the video publicly? There's a huge outcry at a public hearing today where they're like, hey, release the videotape. And they wouldn't want to release the videotape. And the word is because it makes law enforcement look so bad. And why were we hearing that indeed they were trying to get to one door and it didn't work and then he was fumbling to go through another set of keys 
And all the while, there's a very strong chance, according to this report in the videotape that was watched by a news outlet, that apparently that door probably was open. And had they just opened and there was apparently law enforcement that had a shield pretty soon after, because we heard they got a shield like five, six minutes afterwards. So what took them so long? And why didn't you even think to try that door? Why did you not try the door to where the gunman was? I understand why you'd like to kind of go around a side door, but why did you assume the door was closed? If indeed there's a very strong chance it was probably open. This if this is true, this is blockbuster, and boy, is this disastrous for law enforcement. It breaks my heart, but there are so many mistakes that were made, and my heart breaks, of course, for the families there. Take a listen. This is a reporter, KENS reporter, saying some information that they discovered after media was able to look at some of the video. The San Antonio Express News is reporting that surveillance video from inside Robb Elementary shows police never tried to open either of the two doors that led to the classrooms where the shooter went inside. They were citing a law enforcement source close to the investigation. That source also told the Express News that police may have assumed that the doors were locked and the shooter could not have locked the doors from the inside. That apparently the doors in that school don't lock from the inside. So it had to be from the outside. So why were they having trouble getting into the other door And why did you say you were trying to get into the classroom? Remember the guy who was a so-called commander, said he was trying to get into the classroom? And then uh, why are we getting so many different stories? They said there was a security guard outside, and now they're saying, no, there wasn't a security guard outside. He basically drove by the gunman. You know, there wasn't some shootout. Then they blamed it on the teacher, remember, who left, like, the door lodged, and then it turned out she closed the door, but it was still halfway open. I mean, there are so many questions And why can't we get a straight answer? And why don't you release the videotape? You better release the videotape for those families and for everybody's sake. The whole country needs to see it. Because if you made a huge mistake like that and you never even checked the door of the classroom and there's a good chance it was open, that you didn't have to fumble for keys and find a janitor? Is this like, you know, what is it, Barney Fife and Mayberry? I mean, this is stunning. This may be one of the most catastrophic police responses in American history, and we need to get to the bottom of it so this never happens again. And we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Meantime, we are talking about Drag Queen Story Hour, which Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, continues to defend because there's a report that they were about to do it. And people are like, oh, well, no, maybe this isn't correct. Maybe this has got to be a mistake. And yet he came out and said, oh, no, maybe there's a lot of criticism, but this is absolutely worthwhile to teach young kids about having visits from drag queens who are dancing and talking about what they do in their classroom. Are you kidding me? This is how you want your taxpayer dollars. But Eric Adams continues to defend it. Take a listen. Many parents were concerned about sex ed in schools. Uh, Many parents were concerned about teaching uh, African-American history in schools. And so you have to sit down and learn why we're doing what we're doing. And I, I am really optimistic of where we're going as a city, uh, where we are going to lean into those uncomfortable conversations and come out with better children to get better results. What? So having things that are not mainstream, that are highly sexualized, 
We just have to expose kids to it. I mean, why don't we take them to the red light district in Amsterdam, if that's your theory? I mean, are you kidding me? This is so crazy. And it is so bad that even this drag queen says this is over the top for young kids. Take a listen. To actually get them involved in drag is extremely, extremely irresponsible on your part. And I understand you might want to look like you're with it, that you're cool, that you're woke, that you're not a Nazi, that you're not a homophobe, whatever, whatever it may be. But you can raise your child to be just a normal, regular, everyday child without including them in gay, sexual things. Wow, that drag queen sounds a lot more balanced than the mayor of New York and then the mayor of a lot of these liberal cities that are pushing for these incredibly woke agendas. What are your thoughts, guys? To me, this is crazy. Why are we spending tax dollars on this and so many of these other programs that are just, quote, sort of woke, critical race theory, sex education, drag queens? I mean, where are we drawing the line? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line six. Go ahead, Pete. My, your thoughts about all this, my friend. Rita, you know, the thing is, it's getting really crazy. I mean, this is it's, it's a form of child abuse. I mean, we have uh, agencies that work with that kind of thing. I mean, they, these kids, you know, they're too young for this stuff. I mean, if it was high school or something, then I'd say, you know, because I was into drama classes and stuff. I actually was in a play that they dressed me as a girl, you know, and I couldn't live that down being on a football team and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I bet I bet your football buddies had a field day with that one, Pete. Oh, you loved it. They used to go, look at her, like that. You know, they would do all things like that. But, you know, being that we won, you know, I won a lot of games for them, they left me alone. But if I would have lost, forget it. That would have been the talk of the town. But another thing, in 1974, 1973, when I went to school, this is something I want to bring up. We carry knives to school. We carry them in our boots. No metal detectors, no nothing. And there was never no trouble because everybody knew they had a knife. When we go to gym class, we had to put sneakers on and uh, get dressed so we couldn't have our knives. So I used to go with boots on, and I'd get more, you know, not attendance. But being that I played football and sports for the school, they couldn't fail me in gym. By the way, way, where did you go to school that knives, you know? I went to to Newdorp High School, the old Newdorp High School. Now it's, uh, they made it like uh, In Staten Island, Staten Island. Well, Pete, right. you Pete, I, Pete, you went to a yeah. tough place. Oh yeah, but we we went to like uh, you know shops and metal class, and you know I even made brass knuckles in the metal class. I actually, was in the uh, you know like that we had that when I used to play football. I would keep them tucked in my pants if you know if I had to. You know, if somebody hit me a little too hard, I would give them a little shove with the knuckles. You and know? Pete, if you were but wearing you the dress, cool. you could hide it under the skirt. You could oh, have yeah. the brass knuckles under the skirt. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, this is the way it was. It was the times and what went on. I don't recommend it now, but we all, I had a Bowie knife in my boots, and I always wore boots. It was like hot days, and the teacher would go, why is he wearing boots? And somebody would say, because he's got a knife in the boot. You know? Wow, Pete, Pete, you went, to a, you went to an interesting kind of tough school because – you know, we didn't have, we didn't have, I remember, you know, you'd see weapons or from time to time. And, and when I went to school, but it was like, 
It was a big deal when you saw it. And believe me, I don't think I ever saw a drag queen, at least not, you know, not up until high school. I mean, to me, especially if I was in kindergarten and I saw that, I go, what is that? I would be so confused. Um, Pete, always great to get your calls. Thanks so much. Let's go to Jimmy. Line five. Jimmy, your thoughts. Yes, uh, this uh, perversion is subversion. A couple of your callers seem to be sensing it. Years ago, the communists, including Lenin, all the way back in the Soviet Union, talked about getting control of the schools and the teachers. So look what happened in America. They took out phonics, so the kids can't read or write now. They taught the new math, so now kids are dumb in reading, writing, and math. And then they start promoting hating America, hating white people, take religion out of school. So they took religion out of school, and they replaced it with the sexual perversion stuff. This is an attack on the mental health of our children. So if you destroy the children, you destroy the country's future. And there are communists who write about this. Wilhelm Reich wrote about it. Harry Hay from the Communist Party was a founder of the Mattachine Society. You have Antonio Gramsci and Lukacs. They talk about getting control of the children. You have the National Council of Churches, which is part of the World Council of Churches, pushing this weird sexual stuff on children since the 1960s. But but this you know is- what? But, Jimmy, you know, even though, like you're talking, it goes back decades, it really hasn't been pervasive and it hasn't been such a major part of curricula or discussion um, until really the last few years in a very, very public way. I mean, it may have been uh, brewing in other ways, but it certainly hasn't been public until recently. Um, and I think about, you know, maybe part of it is, uh, you know, I think a lot of it's who's in charge of the White House, their philosophy, clearly, they seem consumed by that. I mean, you know, it seems like Kamala Harris and President Biden seem so much more consumed with these type of things and being PC uh, and being woke as opposed to looking at the numbers and figuring out gas independence and figuring out so many other issues that are happening in our society. So I think there's this kind of confluence of things that are happening now that are really bringing it to a boiling point. Um, Jimmy, I always love hearing from you. Thank you. Let's go to Patty on line three. Patty, your thoughts. Oh, dear. Hey, Patty, are you uh, there? Go ahead, Patty. Uh, yes, Rita. Hi, uh, Patty. There you are. Yeah, Go ahead. Uh, hi. It's, it, yes, it's Queen Mother Patty. You know, um, I hope the intent is not purposeful depravity and warpness, uh, Rita, um, you know, as such. And I have been joking about running for mayor for about 20 years. However, um, only... Uh, normality must uh, be in our schools. Our children's psychological knowledge of themselves is is more serious or as serious as, as a civil war. We really have to be vigilant as parents and as American citizens. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think parents are becoming obviously so much more aware of it since COVID because they're much more aware of what their kids are getting studied. But I also think... It's the leadership. The leadership is pushing this. I mean, I don't think this would have happened. I mean, even when even when it was starting to bubble up under President Trump, he'd come out and put a kibosh on it. Remember, and he started the uh, the American Heroes Garden and the American Heroes Education Program and all these different things that more focused on traditional schools and values like we all knew about. Um, But 
to me, it's it's just this this sort of degradation. It's it's a very and I just think it's confusing. I think it is so confusing for kids, and I just think it is so over the top. Let's go to Stan, line five. Stan, your thoughts. I give it's Sodom and Gomorrah is what it is. I mean, I'm laughing at that, Jimmy. Everything is communism. A trans- I mean, it shouldn't be in school. You're talking about Jimmy who just called I mean, up? Everything, even trans- <laughs> That's communism. Well, I'm glad, I'm, Stan, I'm glad he made you laugh. But, but, I mean, it's so dumb. But wait, 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 wait. Be Stan, school, of Stan that's, that's the point. And I think I know, Jimmy I made agree. a very powerful I mean, point. Come I mean, on. But everything with him is communism, even a trans. It's so nutty, but it, it costs that's a serious But, story. Stan, there are a lot of people who think you're nutty. You know well, no, that? I mean, you know? Uh, or you're going to start transvestites are communists, too. I mean, it's, it's great. <laughs> right, like, that's what he's right. saying. <laughs> See, we're red, and I understand that. It's just, no, look, it's... It, it, has it actually been in the school a transvestite presentation? Has it actually? Th- been they're in planning the- on it being it. it this is in actually New York? A, in actually New York? yes. In New York? And by the way, Stan, that's what makes this so legitimate. Yes, and and Eric Adams was well aware that it was coming under fire, and he has stood by it. He said the program is staying. Is that really? He, really? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, what is his, what is his reason? Come on. He thinks. I, know, I'm, 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 I find it lunacy and ridiculous. I do what too. Is his Stan. Logic? Here it is. He says the key is it will increase diversity and inclusion. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Stan. I. Me too. No, Stan. Uh, when, I, 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 you know, it's good if you want to learn how to wear dresses and hats. But can you girl. imagine, Stan? In all seriousness, a young kid. Can you imagine? No, like, of I mean, not. when I was a young kid, if somebody brought in, I would be like, "What are you? What is this?" <laughs> It's ridiculous. It is. I I, I doubt the program will get through. Oh, I I I actually think it is going through because he yeah is it in Manhattan or is it? It's in Manhattan, and he is fighting it tooth and nail, saying it's staying. And and I mean, this is is taxpayer dollars, Stan. Diversity, diversity. Is that what he said? That's what he said. Diversity and inclusion. So we're going to bring in a three-headed orangutan (laughs) next week, and then we're going to. I mean, come on, where does it end? You know. I find that stupid and lunacy. It's I know. Stupid. I'm with you, it's Sam. It's just that the Jimmy is everything is a communist, even a transvestite in red. Well, you got to you, you know what? It takes creativity to connect the dots. Absolutely. <laughs> Good talking to you, Rita. You too, Stan. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, my friend. And everybody, when we come back, we are going to talk about this blockbuster coming from Uvalde School. This is unbelievable as we're talking about... Very serious stuff here that now there are reports that maybe the door where the gunman was in was open the entire time and police never tried the door and were fumbling for keys to another door for over an hour. This is terrible. What should happen to those who mess this up so badly? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Some Leonard Skinner. I told you I went to University of South Carolina. What's her name, everybody? 
Well, we are talking about the Uvalde school shooting because this is a terrible, dire update that we're hearing. And to me, this to me is just incredible. Um, By the way, um, also, uh, my good buddy Johnny Tobacco is listening in on the show, and I love that. Thank you, Johnny. And he says, uh, to answer Stan's question, the new diversity inclusion curriculum starts in September, so it's not that far away. Thank you very much, Johnny, and I'm glad that you're tuning in, my friend. Um, We are also talking about Uvalde because this is such a disaster And every time I hear more details about what happened, I just get more and more angry and more sad for the family members and everybody in that community. First, you know, they made the claim that the teacher left the door open, that it sounded like the doors didn't automatically lock. Uh, Then there was this enormous delay, as we know, getting inside, a hesitation that it was in command. It goes on and on and on. And now the latest information we are learning is that According to a news organization that looked at the video, because they have body cam footage and a whole bunch more, that it does not appear that law enforcement actually tried the door of the classroom. And that there's a very good chance, based on the way that school is structured, that apparently the door doesn't lock from the inside. And that that door may have very well been open. But then why were we hearing that this other guy was fumbling with the keys and he claims it was at the classroom? Now it turns out it may have been a side classroom. So things are getting really bad and even more troubling as we're getting details about what happened. When we get back, I want to take your calls because I want to hear your thoughts. These families deserve answers. And why is it hard to get a straight answer on any of these issues. Can you imagine if that door was open the whole time? People should be fired. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing where we get to honor our great men and women in the military, a really powerful and timely story coming from Oregon, where a man named Paul Wall felt so compelled to act while watching the news and seeing the videos of devastation from the war in Ukraine. The Army veteran from West Lynn, Oregon, Paul connected with other veterans to form a nonprofit before traveling to Ukraine to help people impacted by the war. He said there was a little girl with soot all over her face and she just got bombed out of her house and she was looking at the camera, but she was really looking right at me. It was at that moment that I decided I'm going to do whatever I can to help. He is a U.S. Army veteran of the great 82nd Airborne, and he tried to volunteer online, but the organization told him the slots were filled. So ultimately, he connected with what he calls a loose-knit group of veterans online who were all looking to volunteer in Ukraine and work together. They created a nonprofit called Global Augmentation, traveled to and made their first task to help by bringing food, water, and supplies to the Ukrainian military in Mykolaiv. They brought about a 1,000-man garrison, several van loads of food, and three pallets of water, which he said, listen, would not last long, but at least it was a start. And then the group moved to moving 
people from supplies now to people, evacuating anyone who wanted to leave the areas that were being shelled. We would drive in under heavy artillery fire, load the people up as quick as we could, and then leave under often artillery and mortar fire and then get them to relative safety. How incredible is that? On a four- or five-day mission, we got 183 people out that wanted to leave. And he said he plans to go back again soon and to continue this. And he said that the people there are so, so grateful. They can't always explain it other than to put a fist to their heart and say, Slava Ukraini, meaning glory to Ukraine. How beautiful is that? And what a powerful story. And what a great story about veterans giving back and helping in a huge, huge way. Well, we are talking about Uvalde, Texas. Of course, that horrible shooting that took place not too long ago, where now we know that it was 77 minutes before anybody got inside and tried to attempt to open the door of the classroom. Can you imagine? 77 minutes. And now the videotape has been coming out, not publicly yet, but at least one news organization said they got to look at the videotape, some of the body cam footage from police officers. And there was a huge brouhaha at the city council meeting that took place in Uvalde because people just want the answers. So do family members. They just want the answers. And yet, for some reason, the city council said, we can't release this essentially because it doesn't look good for the police. Listen to what happened during a recent city council meeting where basically they were booting out the press and a lot of people because they said they're not prepared to, quote, officially release it. And I say shame on them. Listen to this. So why aren't why aren't you allowing reporters to stay in the building? Intimidated. Intimidated by who? By reporters? Yeah. So we have to leave the building is what you're saying because people are intimidated by us. Yes. We want the truth. Come in and protect our children. Are you a parent, sir? Yeah, yeah. And my kids are scared. So you want? So you're asking all reporters to leave because someone's intimidated well, by us? Outside, but no, but this is a city building, right? Are you going to pay a water bill or anything? No, I'm just asking. Well, and now you'll have to wait outside. And the reason is because you said? Because of that, sir. Because people are intimidated yes. by us. Because... Why would they be intimidated? Yeah, why would they be intimidated? And then there was reports that it would not make police look good. And now we are finding out that there were just so many mistakes. First off, who could forget this? This was a Texas Tribune newspaper reporter. Remember when he interviewed the guy who everybody thought was the commander? And then he said he wasn't the commander, but he admitted he didn't even bring in his radios inside. This was one of the clear Obviously, bumbly, fumbly mistakes. There are some clear missteps here. Um, his decision to leave the radio, for one, is one of the major criticisms that when we spoke with law enforcement experts, they said that should never have happened because he loses control of being the incident commander. He loses any communications with other officers. And now we are finding out, to add just horror and more troubling details that apparently, remember the gunman walked inside because the doors didn't lock. That back door at least didn't lock. Now they're also saying that according to videotape, there is a very strong chance that the classroom door was never locked and that they just never checked. And that according to videotape, 
they see them trying to look at another door. Maybe they were trying to get from another door and then get into that door. But the actual door of the classroom where the gunman was firing inside may have never, ever been locked. And there are reports that from the inside, those doors do not lock. So it would have had to have been open the entire time. And a number of news organizations are finding this, are looking at the details and seeing that nobody actually checked to see if the door of that classroom where all the carnage took place just happened to be open. They were waiting 77 minutes before they ever went in. And remember, this Chief Arredondo, who is the commander on the scene, who now is lawyered up because he's going to need a good lawyer, um, he has basically said he was fumbling for the keys. And he first said it was for that classroom. But according to people who've seen the videotape, he wasn't even trying to open the door of that classroom. What the heck was he doing? Take a listen. Um, There was another criticism of him not having keys immediately. This is his entire jurisdiction, the the schools in the district. And if he doesn't have uh, keys to immediately open any doors, they said that that's a problem. Yeah, that's a big problem. And now it turns out he may not and someone else with him may not have even tried to open the door of the actual classroom that the guy was firing in. And they waited 77 minutes to try to get a key to another classroom. Does this make any sense to you? This to me is like policing 101. We have so many great law enforcement officers who we love. But this one seems like a real shame and a disaster. And these families deserve to know the truth. Why can we not still get a straight answer as to what happened? And why are there so many people who are saying very different things from what they finally admit? Oh, yeah, there was a big shootout with the outside security guard. Oh, sorry, there wasn't a guard outside. I mean, how are they making so many of these serious mistakes? Who is lying? And I think that there should be major lawsuits and major resignations and major firings. They shouldn't be able to resign. They should be fired immediately. I want to hear your thoughts. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, BJ in Queens. BJ, your thoughts, because I get so angry that they so these family members can't even get a straight answer. I mean, that is outrageous. Well, you remember that that one woman who broke through the police to save her two children, that should never happen. Um, you know, you have a situation where these police now have been intimidated. And ever since this Parkland shooting, I noticed that they're afraid to do their job. They're not the cops uh, they're not. They don't have the same spirit that that the police had during 9/11. They're very timid. They've been intimid- intimidated by the woke mob, uh, the teachers' unions that want no part of the police in the schools. And and BJ, and, by the way, I do agree that I hate this this whole defund the police and demoralizing the police. And I do agree that there is a lot of that in this internal reviews. They're afraid to do something. On the other hand. Um, in this case, I'm not sure how much that had a role in this. Maybe maybe they didn't feel they had enough equipment, so there could be that aspect to the defunding and the lack of resources, uh, the lack of training. On the other hand, in this case, it just seems like like a lot. It, was, it seems like it was like the blind leading the blind, like Barney Fife on the ground. I mean, it, they just seemed to not know who was the commander. They seemed to not make basic decisions. I mean, 
you know, if you have a gunman and and they are firing and kids are calling up 911 and teachers calling 911 and you're right outside the door, you know you're hearing the gunshots. There's no way you're not hearing the gunshots. And you don't even try to open the door is now what we're learning. And that door very well most likely was open the entire time. Are, are you kidding me? You should never be a law enforcement officer, no, ma- no matter what. How could you be standing there and hear the carnage and you don't even have the smarts to open the door, even if you kind of like pull it from the side and then another guy opens fire? You don't have to. But, you know, you, you cannot wait. You, you have to charge. Uh, I mean, BJ, where's the gray here? Well, you're asking all the right questions. Why didn't they charge? Just they have the guns. They have the badges. They have the right. You bust in. And yeah, there'll be casualties, there'll be damage, but you'll over, you'll eventually you'll you'll win if you wait outside. The maniac is is accomplishing his objective, and um, I just want to say real two things quick. Jimmy from Brooklyn rules, and that oh, I love Jimmy. By the way, I love Jimmy too. I'm with you. Yeah, and that individual who always makes fun of every other caller who seems to who says he calls from Forest Hills. I won't say his name. He's he he doesn't rule. He's not. I'm a nice guy. I'm not going to criticize other people. But, you know, Jimmy from Brooklyn, he rules. Well, and I love Jimmy, too. I'm with you, BJ. Thank you very, very much. Um, let's go to let's go to Paula um, in New Jersey on line six. Paula, your thoughts. Uh, yes. Good evening. I love your show. Thank you, Paula. Uh, um, I'm very concerned about the fact that we still don't have the results of the autopsy of Salvador Ramos. This is extremely important. No detail should be left uncovered. Uh, you're you're referring to the, um, uh, the shooter. Yes, yes. That's interesting. Okay. You're right. You're absolutely right. Why do we not have that? That's a great point. For someone who has done such serious harm... And for a whole Congress to be up in arms trying to defeat people who are law-abiding, who want to keep their arms in case of an emergency, especially, uh, you know, people who, uh, people who could, you know, uh, harm them, break in, uh, considering uh, the, the uh, current crisis that we have about, you know, lack of law enforcement, in its logical sense, what was, what made this person um, impervious to uh, a human uh, lack, uh, you know, a a human um, ability to uh, just stop, you know, doing uh, such killing? It could have been drugs in his system, could have been illegal drugs, could have been uh, amph- uh, 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 fentanyl. All these things that are coming through the border, we have to know this. We have to be able to be objective. I say it's important to do criminal science and not political science. No, that's you're absolutely right. We need to get to the answers of a lot of those. I'd like to also know what was there something in his system. Um, there's a lot of things psychological. Um, we need to know uh, to try to do you know better so this does not happen again. And the warning signs, uh, very powerful points, Paula. Thank you. Really, really important. Let's go to Nokel, uh, line four. Go ahead, Nokel. Hey, good evening, Reed. I got two things for you. You know, the first one is about 
Jesse Waters using Joe, Joe Biden's fall on the bike, which is was an no, accident. Cool, no, no, we're not even talking about it. Stay focused, please. Stay focused. What about uh, what about Uvalde? Go ahead. Absolutely. The only way we reach a true democracy is if we have solid transparency, which is the, these hearings of January 6th. And the only way we reach. No, uncle, you are rambling, rambling, rambling. I'll, I'll switch it that the only way we're going to have transparency on anything is that we see it. And I'm going to switch it to back over to Uvalde since that is what we're talking about, Nokel. And in this particular case, the American public and most importantly, the families deserve answers. One thousand percent. Let's go to Jacqueline on line three. Go ahead, Jacqueline. You're here on the Rita Cosby show. Hi, Rita. Um, I just wanted to say it doesn't make any sense to me as far as the door not being able to be locked from the inside, first of all, because if that's the case, uh, in and of itself, then that's a problem because they should. Uh, there's no way to safeguard the classroom in such an event as what happened. So that, to me, doesn't make any sense. You um, know, nothing. You know what's interesting, Jacqueline? Nothing in this case seems to make any sense. That's the problem. It's like we're hearing such different versions, and and for some reason they're afraid to show the videotape because it sounds like it looks bad for law enforcement. Well, I also listened to uh, another radio show uh, where there is a former Texas police officer, not from the Uvalde area, but he was also cautioning people to not jump to conclusions. Uh, Of course, it looks terrible on the surface with the information that we know thus far, but I think you have to take into account what media organization it was that looked at those tapes. We know the mainstream media uh, skews things and doesn't necessarily tell the truth. They, they're often biased with regard to everything that they talk about. Um, no, and, and by he, the way, that is true. And that's why I feel like let's see it because you're right. Who knows where it comes from? Who knows their interpretation? The problem is there's already sadly a history in this case where we're hearing one thing And then the facts show otherwise. And that's what's making it so confusing. It's like the fact that we can't get a straight answer to me. And, and, you know, obviously I think it's important that everybody knows. But most importantly, those families deserve to know. I mean, I would be screaming, holy heck, you guys, if it was a family member, a loved one, a friend or something, that they can't seem to be able to tell, you know, what's going on. I, I don't know why it is so, so difficult. Everybody, when we come back... It was sadly a very dangerous weekend in many cities across the country, a lot of big liberal-led cities across this country. So today, the D.C. mayor is on a show, and guess what? They're talking about Juneteenth. They're talking about critical race theory. Somehow, they really didn't even focus on crime. And meanwhile, there were a lot of people shot over the weekend, including yesterday, a 15-year-old that was killed. I mean, are you kidding me? We have lost our priorities and our Democratic mayors and others just turning a blind eye to crime. Big shootings in Manhattan, big shootings in Chicago, big shootings in Washington, D.C. And what are the Democratic leaders doing about it? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
And it looked like a beautiful day. Yesterday was Father's Day, but it was a very dangerous and deadly Father's Day in a number of cities across America. Case in point, um, in New York, uh, there were a number of shootings, at least 17 people shot. Listen to the NYPD chief of detectives talk about uh, one of the cases. There were a total of nine people shot, two females and seven males, a 21-year-old male was transported to Lincoln Hospital, where he was pronounced deceased. And then there was another case. Listen to this one. Upon arrival, officers discovered five people shot on the footpath along the FDR, just under the Madison Avenue Bridge. All five victims were transported to area hospitals by EMS. And then in Chicago, this is staggering, 38 people shot. Over the weekend, that's a stunning number. 38 people shot and a number of individuals killed, at least four people killed. Then in D.C., there was a big shooting at a Juneteenth music concert that came together. A 15-year-old was murdered. A number of other people were shot, including a police officer. And here's an eyewitness describing the scene there. Today, we were supposed to have a celebration. Celebration didn't go too well. It's a shooting here. Kids hit the floor. Um, officer was standing next to me. He was shot as well um, in the leg. And I tried to cover him, and I tried to cover the kid that was shot. Um, had a, my shirt was bloody, so someone gave me their shirt. Um, and it, 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 it bothers me to see this goes on here, and it's amongst our people. Um, it, it's a lot going. It was a lot of people running back and forth. Not only once, it was three times today. It was people running. And... That's when the shooting took place, and I see the kids hit the floor, and I see the adults get shot, and I was, it's awful, man. It's, it's starting to get to me, and it bothers Bothers a lot of people. A 15-year-old uh, who was murdered, and boy, think about the statistics. And again, this was Father's Day. Um, what is going on, and why are liberal-led cities, led by, you know, very Democratic mayors, there seems to be a pattern here. And yet we've been talking about wokeness and all these other things. And yet these numbers are staggering. And at the end of the day, you got to feel safe. And what are the roles of some of these soft on crime DAs? By the way, I do like the fact that a number of Republican candidates for governor in New York have come out and said that they would fire Alvin Bragg if they are elected. I say bravo because, remember, there can't be a recall in New York. Uh, But a number of them have said that they would indeed fire the Manhattan D.A. if they are elected, the Republican candidates. I think that's it's time. I mean, this is crazy. And also you look at in L.A., Gascon, he's close to getting recalled. We know San Francisco, Chesa Boudin did get recalled. So are they finally people just waking up and saying no more? But why are mayors not doing more to contain this? Why are they focused on you know, uh, the drag queen story hour. Why are you even spending five seconds on it when crime is so serious in major cities? Let's go to your calls, everybody. Let's go to Phil on line one. Your thoughts, Phil. Yes. Hi, Rita. Excuse me. Uh, It should be pointed out that NPR, National Public Radio, is reporting, and it's available on the Internet, (laughs) excuse me, that there were 27 school-related shootings in just 2022 alone, okay? Yep, I saw that number, yep. Two or three of them 
took place within the District of Columbia. Now, what, what's interesting, Rita, is that after the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012, what I don't understand is where was the incentive for state governments as well as the federal government to implement a school review program and develop protections for these kids? These, this, this school is very vulnerable. All schools are vulnerable, as are theaters and other public assemblies, because there are no gun areas. You know what, Phil? You bring up a great point, because you're right. Why wasn't there some clear assessment? And in fact, the people from Sandy Hook, Newtown, have said that they, many of them, support armed guards, strengthening schools. Why are we not doing that? we got to protect our schools. Bravo. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 